Welcome to the Finding Equilibrium podcast, where we dig deep into the battle of the sexes. Because let's be real, the relationship between men and women is complex, nuanced, and often fraught with tension. Women are expected to be assertive and career-driven, while men are encouraged to embrace their emotions and be more vulnerable. But are we really finding balance and harmony, or are we just creating more confusion? We know that finding true equilibrium requires us to confront the uncomfortable truths and challenge the status quo. So we're showing up to call out the cultural narratives that have shaped our perceptions of masculinity and femininity and examine how we can break free from the constraints of societal expectations and ideations, like why women are pushed to act more like men and why men are becoming more like the women they were raised to protect. So whether you're here to explore this seemingly never-ending battle or simply seeking inspiration to bring your own assets to the table, we invite you to join us for some thrilling and controversial conversation. So, main thing is I got a new mic, and it's time to try it out. Yeah, so, so hopefully our audio will be more in sync. Yeah, it's definitely the number one thing I hear. I hear great things from people, and then they're like, but your mic. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, the pro- I don't have a mic. That's a, Well, the problem is that when I listen to the podcasts, I always listen to them with my actual earbuds and it's not really that big a deal. Like because the sound is so focused, I can hear us both pretty well. I can hear how much you have had to manipulate it, but for the most part, you know, it it sounds pretty good. But then the other day, I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I played some of it on just like a normal set of speakers. And I was like, I get, I can hear the, the difference is a lot greater than I than I ever really realized. Probably something that we should have dealt with a long time ago. Oh, that's okay. We're only like five episodes. So the thing with the microphone, though, is this will be the first podcast in pretty much ever that we didn't really predetermine everything we were going to talk about and think about and blah, blah, blah. Not to say that this is ever at all scripted. For the most part, we just have basic outline going in. But today there is no outline, which is fine because there's something that we've been talking about that is uh, become the forefront of my thoughts lately. And uh, the beginning of it was the other day I got to thinking about just relationships in general, not so much, you know, sexual or intimate relationships but the difference between human beings that live in empty space and ones that live in occupied space and obviously you know for the most part people are pack animals we do way better when we're together but my question really started to be why do we pick the groups we pick why do we pick the people we pick why do we pick the friends we pick the spouses, the partners, the, you know, there's a lot of psychology behind who you should surround yourself with. And I've personally always really struggled with that because everybody wants to tell you that your group is going to be your, 
your undoing or your foundation, but I just struggle to to have the perspective that you're only supposed to surround yourself with people that are, you know, better than you. Because why the hell would they hang out with you? If they thought like that, you wouldn't even be around in the first place. If you if they're really your, you know, your superiors or even your peers. So I just kind of became a rabbit hole of like, and I, the worst part of it for me was the more I thought about immediate relationships, the more I realized how selfish the perspective of relationship is. And that doesn't mean that we don't do all kinds of not selfish things for the people that were, you know, friends and family, you know, all these different things. But it just really started to focus in on the fact that the main reasons that we pick people are, are fairly selfish reasons. Like, isn't the point to like supplement or protect the ego or to sustain it or to occupy it or to, you know, I don't know. That was, that was kind of the whole point is just things I'd never even really thought about. I think as a whole that we try to surround ourselves with people that are just a couple steps below us for the sake of the ego in that we are just a little bit above the rest of the people. And I don't know, over the years, I think I've just really appreciated being around either similar minded people or people that I can learn something from. Because what I found is that when I was younger, the people that I surrounded myself with was more for selfish reasons in that like I needed protection from something subconsciously, or I needed validation, or we had something in common, but it was just like on a social basis, or it was for a selfish reason that I needed company. I needed somebody to like pat me on the back. And as I've gotten older, I've just learned to appreciate the relationships with people that I can learn something from. And that I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And in fact, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm probably in the wrong room, right? Like you, you hear that from self-development coaches and books and things like that. And it's just like, my mind wants to continue to evolve. And I can't do that in a space that is around people that are in that circle of friends for selfish reasons. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. It does. No, it's just, that's where I'm stuck because it's crazy how everything really comes back to gender because I think boys, regardless if our, and I say boys and not men on purpose, because I look at my friends that I have now, the ones that have really lasted the test of time and they, they all have the same similar qualities. So obviously there's certain things that stick with me better. But when I look at, you know, all my friends that I've had and that I have, most of them, their status never mattered. Their intelligence never mattered. I've had friends that I really aspired to be like in very specific ways. And many friends that I, I felt like kind of a mentor too, but I just think boys are so happy to find somebody that they can just kind of connect with that you get a really weird mix of guys. It really just comes down to that 
thing that they can relate on. You know, like, so a lot of times a guy's friends group is, oh yeah, the mic is something I have to stay near. The, uh, you know, it's it'll be a group of guys that all play the same kind of video games or they're into the same sports or sports team or, you know, but as far as the other things, they might be similar just because they're the same kind of guy, you know, the guys that like sports have other attributes that are similar. But like when we got that one thing, you know, like I race dirt bikes and that's the main thing. Like I've got a lot of friends through the motocross world that are just wildly different, but that don't matter because we got the dirt bikes and that makes us like, you know, fucking blood. And when I look at girls and I hear girls talk about their relationships inner circle it sounds so different than boys like there's so much you know like there's always that one girl who's like the not as pretty one and it's like a hierarchy i feel like you feel like a girl's group is kind of like a hierarchy or is that just something that's no i think we talked about this on another episode where it was like the girls at least from my perspective growing up in high school and stuff like that it was like there were always the girls that hung out with or made friends with the girl that was less pretty or less popular, or had something less bigger, you know, just like size a lot of money times. or yeah. And it's just, I think it comes back to what I just said about it's wanting to be better and it doesn't even have to be a whole lot better. It's just better. So that when you get put into a social group, that you are more apt to be the one that is picked for whatever reason, or, you know, the, the one that people gravitate towards or the one that people go to for, I don't know, because you're the fun one or you're the pretty one, or you're the one with the most money. And you're just like known for that one thing. And so you hang out with friends that have less of whatever that attribute is that you have so that you can get picked out of the crowd and, you know, validated for that thing. And I Mm. think that's, like women as a whole are just like, we're so validate us, you know, blow our heads up, tell us what we're good at, tell us what we're known for. And that's what we'll be. And if we can be with somebody in our group that is less than whatever that is, then we are the ones that are recognized for that thing that we are aspiring to have or to be, or, you know, to be recognized for. And I honestly feel that a lot of women in social settings are in social settings for very selfish reasons, whether they are realizing it or not. And that's why it was always hard for me to really relate and connect with other women is because I felt that like, it's, it's so obvious that when you get into these social groups of women, that it is just like this pecking order And if you're not this, then you're that. And it's like, you can't just be, you can't just have that one thing in common because there's so much depth to it all. But it's at the same time, there's depth, but it's surface layer depth, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't like it. I never really enjoyed to be in that because it was just like, that wasn't the point of trying to connect with people. Like we are, we're humans. And like you said, we're, we're pack animals. We're supposed to make this connection with people, but just like socially, I don't really think we're connecting. I think it's just this game that we're playing to see who's better at what, who's prettier, who's got this, who gets just like this big game of comparing and this hierarchy status. And it's, it's just like a continuation of high school with women. I feel like in social groups. And that's what I've 
gotten so away from. And I've found women that are, most of them are virtual. Most of them live across the world. Like I've connected with so many women that I always wanted to have as friends and like people that I can have real conversations with. I've never really found that in my inner circle in person. Like it's taken me to be in my thirties and to connect with women way across the continents and to be able to find these people because they want the same thing. And it's just, you don't find it. It's not a normal thing in a female situation to find women that just want to connect and conversate that isn't based around looks, material things, their husbands, other women. People and gossip, social. Yeah. But I mean, I think all of those things cover that umbrella, but it's just like, it's really, really hard as a woman to find another female that can have a conversation that's not about those five things that I just listed. You think that's why so many girls say that they prefer to hang out with boys? Um, I don't think the majority of girls say that. Do you? Do you feel that way? I know, but a very specific type of girl does. And it uh, it seems to be one of the main substratas that I gravitate towards. So it's definitely something that I've, uh, you know, because it's always, guys usually see that as a red flag. Where it's like, you know, I, I don't like girls. I like to hang out with guys. But I've always looked at it like, and I, and I, you know, I hate to say this because it sounds terrible, but most women aren't very good conversation unless we're trying to talk about people or, you know, for the most part, girls aren't great conversation. And, you know, that's probably the people thing. You know, I'm a boy. I like talking about things and stuff and places and, you know, girls like to talk about people and gossip and, but I run into a lot of females and it tends to be the ones that I can have good conversations with that tell me that better conversations come from, you know, a guy. And then, uh, you know, we're back to the whole can girls and guys be friends conversation, which I still don't know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, for the most part, I'm definitely still going to say that, you know, boys and girls aren't supposed to be friends when they become men and women. Like, you know, that's the, the joke I always hear is like, you know, is your mom's best friend a dude? No? Well, there you go. But you go back to the female that gets along with dudes. And I was one of those girls. I am one of those girls. And it was just because I don't, I don't think it was for any other reason other than it was just like, I gravitated towards similar interests. Like I've always been into cars. I was the girl on spring break that went down to Florida that was more into the cars down there than I was the party and the the scene and the whatever. And I did it because I liked it. It was just, it wasn't for attention or any other reason. And I don't really know how that shaped my personality or if I was just that way um I was an only child I had boys as my best friends when I was little so maybe that had some sort of influence on that yeah I mean I was definitely about to go right down that road 
you know, and, but I also had a girl best friend, but we were playing Ninja Turtles together, but we were also playing Barbies and paper dolls and like all the things. And so I feel like I just grew up very well-rounded and I gravitated towards what I liked without the bias. I was allowed to gravitate towards what I liked without any sort of influence saying I couldn't. Right. You know, and I feel like when in you're an adult in a women's group, if you're talking about cars, there's a really good chance that you're not going to have anything in common with the rest of the group because they don't have a clue. Right. And it's like, I know I don't fault them for that, but it's just like, I, I can't have a conversation, you know, about that pink Mustang that went by. That's a GT that they're creaming over. And I was like, right. They like that. It's pink. You're like, it's a. Did you guys see that it was a Roush? What's Roush mean? <laughs> no, it was a GT. That's why I'm like, really? Um, but that's just helped me connect in not just like I can gravitate towards females that are similar in that aspect. And I I can also have convert like I'm a very I've always been the the person that has gotten along with everybody when I was in school I was friends with the nerds I was friends with the skaters I was friends with the popular people but I never really like per like, into a group belonged anywhere you know what I mean I was just kind of wherever the cool conversation was in the moment that I was feeling something it was just like yeah how cool I'll hang out with you that that sounds great and I think that's part of the problem and why I have such a hard time with this, these conversations is because I I see it, but I'm not in it. And so I can't really tell you what they get out of it that I don't see because I can't, I've never been able to really understand. I've just never had a tolerance for that type of conversation. Not to say it's wrong, not to say, you know, that they should be made to feel some type of way because that's the conversation that they have. But I definitely see a difference in what I've been able to take away from certain conversations versus like those mediocre, just everyday gossipy, let's talk about people and husbands and all the things. And I also see how that resonates in their life. Like I notice a huge connection between the conversations that these women in these social groups have and how that plays into their marriage or their their kids' relationships. And I don't know if it relates, but it just seems as if those are very noticeable things and, and kind of a pattern that I've recognized over the years of just observing other people's conversations. And that there's a certain group of women that have certain types of conversations that those are the ones that are throwing their husbands under the bus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so I don't know like how it relates or what the factor is like the common denominator there, but I've definitely noticed certain social patterns and how it plays into other areas in their life. And I don't know if it's like a insecurity, if it's, I don't know, like their own limiting beliefs or, you know, I mean, we can go down this psychological rabbit hole about it all and really psychoanalyze everybody, but I just, I notice those patterns when I'm observing social groups and, and maybe that's why I just don't, I don't resonate with that. Like I'm not at that vibration. You call yourself tomboy. Would other people call you a tomboy? Um, I've struggled with that because I've thought that sometimes, like when I was growing up, I thought that, but I also, 
like, no, I don't think so. No, I'm gonna have to say no. Um, so like, I'm, I'm feminine when it counts. <laughs> um, well, the definition of tomboy is somebody who enjoys rough or noisy activities traditionally associated with boys. So more so just the fact that a, a girl who likes typically masculine activities. Would you would you say you're more masculine than most women? Not with activities. Um I would say I'm I'm more of a leader, which can be probably misconstrued as a masculine quality. Um but not a boss. Like I don't identify as a boss. I identify as a leader because I feel like there's a big difference between the two. And when it comes down to like having to make decisions or like I can step into that role, no problem if I have to, like I will be that person. But if I don't have to be that person, I, I won't overstep that. And I like to be in my feminine. Like I, I enjoy that. I like to be creative. I like to take care of my family in the house. And those are things that I really enjoy. And I can feel the difference when I'm in either energy, but I also like to take the lead on certain things. You know, I've, I've always been a natural leader. And so it is hard sometimes to walk that boundary in a way that it's, it's not being overpowering as masculine, but still being able to embrace that a little bit and still being able to like, take risks and do more masculine activities, but I wouldn't say that um, overpowers my femininity. Like it's there, it's a part of who I am, but mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not the majority of who I am. Mm. I completely disagree. First of all, I don't think the two things are so connected as you talk about them right now, but in just in general, I think we look at it like it's a, it's a meter and like, you know, feminine's over here and masculine's over here and you're somewhere in here. And I, I don't really think it works that way for it's one a thing. Spectrum that you can kind of like in certain situations, you can be one or the other, because mm -hmm. I feel like, like no. in the bedroom, for example, a woman could be one or the other. Right. Mm. But maybe, maybe at work, she's super feminine and like submissive in the bedroom, but she's like a boss bitch at work and super I, masculine. I, I, I would argue that a dominant woman in the social place is oftentimes a woman that wants to be submissive in the sexual place. I don't think that any of that has to do with femininity. I think that the well and the, i think the biggest thing here as far as my own personal perspective because you know what the fuck do i know but when, when we're talking about a meter a spectrum i do but i don't think that one is on one end of the spectrum and the other is on the other end of the spectrum i think there is two completely different meters one's for masculinity and one's for femininity so for instance you are going to be my example because you're a great example is um well, I mean, first of all, the definition, and fuck Google, but, you know, it's what we got. So this is always going to be our go-to for basic definitions. 
masculine energy is doing and being action oriented, stable, predictable, with clarity and focus, ability to create structures and roles and use it properly based in logic. Now, a lot of what I just said is definitely male oriented things. I mean, just to look at these structures through a logical point of view is the whole, you know, that's what guys do. We over logic everything and women over emotionalize everything. So if I had to break you down, I would put you more in a logic-based category and really your personality fits this structure more than um what's the um, what's the definition of feminine energy out of curiosity for comparison's sake well and that's what i'm saying is in my head i i think it's a struggle to to compare because well first of all the your most dominant hormone the like you have okay so estrogen is what makes you a girl and all kinds of other stuff but obviously our hormones are a little different but you have considerably more testosterone than you do estrogen i have considerably more testosterone than you do but your dominant hormone that's that's a funny word to use cuz your dominant hormone is estrogen but the one that you have the most of is testosterone. So there's no doubt that there's going to be the potential for a lot of similar attributes in a woman as there is in a man, just as well as we have estrogen. Feminine energy is this is this is a little bit struggle because this isn't this is from a completely different place, even though it's through Google. And it's a little more like, you know, feminine energy is the moon, the water, and the earth. <laughs> like it just went a little too existential <laughs> but um nurtures sustains intuition creativity compassion and these are all things these are all attributes that you definitely i can't think of the word you know these are all attributes that you have so i struggle to say you know you know oh you're a masculine female because you have all kinds of feminine qualities. My point is, I think that certain females have a lot more masculine qualities than other females. And to some males, that's a very attractive thing because I don't know how other guys feel. You know, I don't want to date a boy. Don't get me wrong. But being able to relate to a female is a pretty crazy thing because as much as I'm into very feminine I don't relate to very feminine. So I'm attracted to it, but can I sit and have an existential conversation with it? Not really. So I'm caught between this whole, like, and, and that's what I mean when I say that I, I think there's a lot of women out there that are both things where they're heavily feminine, but also heavily masculine. And I think those are the girls that do well having male friends, even though you know, you can't trust your male friends. Um, that That's what I see as a tomboy, you know, is like a girl that is those other things. 
You know, like I hear you when you talk, you know, you're a leader, you know, you want, you lead in things that are feminine, but you're still the take charge, the take action, you know, the be out front. I don't know. What do you think? Is that fit or no? Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of, um, I think I've always been the female in the group that like people can't really put their finger on, you know, I think it's been like this. They just don't really know how to deal with me kind of thing. Like I step into the female group and they're like, I've always been, let me use that word again, pegged as the, the female that's going to steal their man you know, because they see me over there having conversations with all the husbands. And then I walk into their group and they've been talking about the husbands and then I walk, you know, and it's like, they can't trust me right off the bat because either they can't trust because they don't want to talk about the husbands now that I'm there because they know that I talk to the husbands or they're thinking that, you know, I have some sort of motive with their husbands and it has nothing to do with that. It's just where my attention goes. And it makes it really difficult for me to have those female relationships. But that's what I'm saying is that I've been able to find those in other ways because like when you get to a different level of thinking, when you see yourself on a different plane as most people see themselves, it's like you have this commonality that doesn't matter where you're at like if you're a tomboy or if you're super feminine it's just like you have this this mindset that kind of equals out any of that and I know this might be a little hard for people to wrap their heads around but it's just like when you get to this this space and you have other people that just get it like none of that other stuff it's just like that surface level shit the conversations that I am forced into sometimes are just painful you think they'd be painful for most females? No, I don't want to lump everybody together because like I know of only using statistical generalities. I just don't think most people go above and beyond to really go outside of that basic level of conversation. Uh, I wish it was verbatim. I'm not going to look it up right now, but Jordan Peterson made a comment once about how how difficult it is to think and the actual process algorithm that goes into thinking, especially for boys, but just in general for humans, like, you know, formulating a thought takes so much. You got to take in the information. You got to break down the information. You got to create all these different perspectives about the information. Then you got to sit there and analyze each one of the perspectives And then you got to try and identify with certain ones because, you know, then your opinion starts to get tied into it. You know, at this point, there's so much time has passed. And this is one of the things that boys really struggle with because we tear things down logically. So, you know, when you ask us a simple question and then we sit there, you know, why are you fucking blank faced? Because I'm thinking about what the fuck I'm going to say. And I don't think that most people have been educated to be able to think there's so much required to properly deduce and 
people don't even have awareness when it comes to most things. So they, they're missing so much of the information to even be able to formulate a thought or an opinion. You know, other, I think most people are just regurgitating what they heard on social media because the, they don't know how to do anything else. And I get caught up feeling like, you know, I shouldn't expect so much of people because they don't know what they're doing. I think back to the younger version of me. There's a thousand people in my head, a million. Like there's all these different versions of me. And sometimes they all want to be heard, you know, at the same time. And, you know, I'm very conditioned and I look at it like it's a superpower, but was extremely debilitating for most of my life trying to learn how to take something like overthinking and make it not anxiety. And I just really think about everybody else, you know, and I don't want to say weak-minded, but without training, I, what a terrible thing. And then the reverse of that is realizing that, you know, the other 50% of the population doesn't internalize their thoughts. They don't hear their voice. They don't manifest pictures. How the hell do I even relate to that? Like, so many of the computers, your computer that you use on a daily basis, you're, you're a Mac trying to talk to a PC. And then, you know, maybe somebody comes up and they've got like a, a Dell that's running on Windows, you know, <laughs> XP. And it's just like the codes don't even line up. Like, how what's the fuck are we supposed to? What's the point of conversation then? Well, I'm not saying there's no point. I'm just saying that it took me a while to realize that we're all working on completely different hardware. So I think we get upset a lot. We were talking about this the other day about how, you know, people get upset because they're not on the same page, but people don't realize that they're not in the same book. So, and I know that's just like a weak metaphor for it, but it's, it's reality. Like, you know, a computer is made of hardware and then it's programmed with software. And I think that we really struggle as humans to try and program each other with software when we're not running the same hardware and not to take a left turn, but I just had this conversation with one of my closest friends. And so it's very prominent in my mind. I always talk about how women and men, we love really differently. You know, men, we, we really create this pedestal and this uh, version of the person that we're in love with. And, you know, we just, we love them. You know, that's the big joke is women want men to become something and men want women to stay what they were when we met them. And I think that comes through a lot in um, not male, female relationships, but in male, female, intimate relationships where, the man is very accepting of most or everything that the woman is and the woman is not and tends to spend a lot of time, you know, analyzing the way their partner is. Wouldn't it be better if you were like this or wouldn't it be easier if you were like that or you usually shouldn't think like that or, you know, don't act this way, be this way. I, you know what I'm saying? That's a pretty common thing is wives to be kind of in the background, which I'm not saying that's all a bad thing. Like as guys, a lot of us don't have much of a filter and, you know, I could do well to have somebody poking me every once in a while. Like, remember where you're at? But, you know, I just feel like 
women for the most part aren't happy with the version of their man that they have and men for the most part seem to just not even think that way you know it's like do you love your spouse yeah you know not well i wish this or that so yeah i know i kind of left turn there but i just i really get to wondering about because i all i have is the man's perspective like I think about how I've loved the girls and how I've loved the women and how idealistically I've always been and how much I've always just been. I've just never thought that way. I'm sure sometimes guys think of their woman's shortcomings and it's like, you know, I wish my girl would work. We don't have money or I wish she'd go to the gym because you know, I'd be more attracted to her or something. I'm not saying that it's not like there's not guys out there scrutinizing their women a little bit. I just think that the relationships are a lot more, they're just a lot different. You know, men tend to not leave their women because of any of those things. You know what I mean? She never noticed me. She never, you know, I don't even know. You make a guy a sandwich one time, he'll remember it for the rest of his fucking life. Like we we've talked numerous times about how you compliment a man one time and He'll be 86 years old and be like, this one time I held the door for this lady. I don't know. Which it really makes me wonder why marriage is such a big thing still. Like, I see so much benefit for women to get married or be in a relationship in general. What's the benefit for a guy to be in a relationship? Yeah, that's a legitimate question, I guess. Like, what do you think? What's... You know, why not just have some female friends and maybe some friends with benefits and why? Packing it on. Um, <laughs> You've been writing I, stuff down? No. Yeah, like six different conversations <laughs> ready to go? Kind of. They're all up in, in here in my clouded, sick head. So we'll see how they come out. But uh, I don't think humans are made to be alone no (laughs) it's not the word i was gonna use i don't think we're made to be monogamous biologically you don't think women are i don't think humans are how come when a man has children his testosterone hits the floor i mean that's like your hormones are always fluctuating though it's circling yeah so, like a man's yeah, but, job is to procreate, yeah, and spread his seed and you know build exactly. So, how come after he has kids, why would his testosterone drop? And then, how come if you take because that same man, be, like I think that's like circumstantial, I think that it's a really crucial time to be around, and then it's like so biology's keeping the man around to raise his kids. Right. And and then that sounds monogamous. There's been so much research done on on like humans just aren't we don't like to say that. We don't like to be, like own that. That sounds terrible when we're we're taught to like be monogamous. And I don't like I don't stand for polygamy or any of that. I just feel like there's so much that goes into that that humans aren't designed to handle. 
you know, if it was just a matter of going out to procreate and there's like no emotion, you know, there's no finances, none of that's tied, then that's a whole different story. But just like where we are, yes, we're designed now based on where we are that, yes, like we- What about back then when it was cavemen and cavewomen? You don't think that the uh, the monogamy was, was like completely- required for survival that's not the way i wanted to say it but it'll do i think the ultimate goal was to create when the kids and the mom just die if i if i go bang this girl and this girl and this girl and i'm not protecting any of them aren't they just going to get eaten up by lions and tigers they were in such a close confinement it wasn't like they were migrating oh i see so it's like all inner family i don't know i I hope i hope not (laughs) No, I get I, what you're I saying, though. I don't I see think what you're you saying. could make the strongest seed if you were intermingling like that. Right. But I'm just saying, like, he's sticking around to protect all of them. It's way more tribal. And I think even back in the Roman Empire, it was the same thing. I think it just wasn't, it, it was known, but it wasn't. It was. You think about, about the Roman Empire a lot? I think about history a lot in the regard of like how things are socially, because I really believe that there is a huge value to the way that things were in certain eras that we are missing in our society on how. You're a boy. You're a boy. I'm just going to Google. I'm going to Google who (laughs) thinks about the Roman empire. Uh, No, I I love. What do you think it's going to say? It says the top thing men think about the Roman Empire all the time. And here's what women say. How often do men think about the Roman Empire? A lot, according to a new TikTok trend. Why are men so obsessed with the Roman Empire? <laughs> <laughs> Biologically, I am female. Um, no, <laughs> I think like I, I've always any like movie that I've seen or anything that I've read about in history I just think that there's the women were super strong and powerful but they were also very loyal and very feminine and I think that's why I like it so much is because I feel like that's what we're missing in our society is that you can be strong you can be more masculine of a female but at the end of the day you're loyal to your man like he goes away to war and and maybe maybe you have no choice because your your husband's friend is the low life and comes over and wants to spread his seed and does some shit that you know you're a woman you can't really protect yourself shit happens but against her will that doesn't make her disloyal and she you don't think there's any truth to the whole i can't think of how to word it but the biology of the loyal women being put down like social order would take over another they would kill all of the men that were of any detriment and then the only women that were allowed to survive were the ones that were willing to conform and take on the husband of the you know so any woman who was loyal and would die for their spouse did so that the the genetics of loyalty in females could potentially be diminished by thousands of years of war that's not something that i'm familiar with no what do you think about it though does it make sense what I'm saying? Like how, you know, they'd, we'd conquer a kingdom and we'd go in there and we'd be like, if you want to live, you know, mm-hmm. shed your loyalty and fall in love with one of us or 
you and your kids are and most of the stuff i read says that a huge majority of them chose to die you know it's like no oh the loyal loyal ones the loyal ones are now the minority and we read right this is just a thing i'm not you know i'm not saying i mean i I just see like the trickle effect of like you know i'm it's me 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 right like i'm gonna sure yeah i'll conform i'll do what you say yeah no i think that's why i really appreciate that era is because i saw what we are missing and so maybe i mean maybe that over the years we've just created this and i've right like a hundred percent believe that. I mean, I feel like we're going to be the cause for our own demise one day, but um, who's to say, you know, I mean, I'm with you. I glorify the Roman empire was cool, but I always look back to Spartan women. Like that's the thing that like just the whole society, my kid and I were talking the other night is we follow all these different things you know i'm super big into anime and my son and i we were into a lot of of that kind of stuff and it was like you know of all the different universes that exist not real but you know like the marvel universe or this anime or that tv show or just whatever the fuck you know just all the different things and i really realized quick that my son and i identify with war like if we were going to pick a place in time to be, they're all terrible. And it, it was all about power and it was all about, you know, like I'd want to be here or there. And it's like, yeah, but that was one of the most dangerous times to be alive. Yeah, it don't matter. Put me right here. This is just what I want. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't think that most people are wired like that anymore. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't only have my own perspective and my son and and whatnot what in my little tiny corner of the world, but the people I deal with they just don't seem like. I don't feel like most men nowadays would reach out and save a female. You know, it's like the kid's about to get hit by a bus. You know, I think forty, fifty years ago, it's no question. But now. Be surprised if if there's a good enough man near. You know, everybody's just gonna stand there with their phone in their hand. I don't. I got sidetracked. I'm fucking down a weird road. I just feel like the Spartans had it better to be a warrior in a garden because we're always at war. We just don't seem to realize it. Yeah, the other era that I love is the medieval era. I've always loved it. I just want to go back. I don't want the plague or anything like that. But right, right. Go back. <laughs> I want the itchy wig. I just want to live <laughs> with a moat. I think that'd be cool. Um, but I want to go back to with the moat. <laughs> the moat's like the coolest thing. You're a boy, dude. <laughs> I'm not. I know you're not. I am serious, but not. It's not a negative thing. Like that's where I really came to the other day. Was like, you know, I'm a single man, and I like to sit here and like, like I feel like a female trying to be like, oh, these are the things I like. You know, I like this and I like that. And but then when I interact with females, it's like, well, then how come I don't gravitate towards these girls? How come I don't, you know, have good conversations with this kind of person? How come I don't, like, you know, what I think isn't what. I seem to actually respond to and that really hit home for the stuff we talk about all the time because I didn't think that you know I thought I thought I knew me when it came to that kind of stuff but you know the more I 
play with the dating apps and, and interact with women two decades from the last time I was single. Mm-hmm. I don't have a fucking clue what I am. I mean, I'm starting to now. And it's, uh, it really seems to be the females that I can relate to. And how the hell am I supposed to relate to somebody who's super, super feminine? And that that is kind of a conversation that we were talking about the other day about how, like, I don't want you to lose your thought. So I'm just going to say this last thing. But um, is it important and how important is it that we really are understood by our spouse? Because I truly feel that if a really masculine man and a really feminine woman get together, then no matter how much love is there, how can they ever be expected to truly understand each other? Should they? Do they need to? Is that required? Like, you know, I've never felt understood and I never felt like that made any difference to the relationship at all. But recently I found myself a little bit understood and it sure is nice because it's a lot better than somebody who's trying to change you all the time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it's that acceptance of who we are because that's what everybody wants is to be accepted, but we're not good about giving that we want that, but we, we can't give that. We always have ideas for this other version of who we want to be around. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about like, why do we pick the friends and why do we surround ourselves with those people? I think a reason that I've been how I am is because I've always just gravitated towards that kind of stuff because it was always interesting to me. Like I always gravitated toward the interesting conversation and it didn't make a difference whether it was a man or a woman having the conversation. It was just, if I hear something over here, that's like, meh. and then I hear something over here and it, and it piques my interest. Like I want to go over here and I want to be in that conversation. I want to learn. I want to like do the thing. If I see somebody doing something cool and fun, that looks like I might want to give it a try. Most of the time it happens to be boys because boys are more adventurous and boys are, don't think about things. And so I want to go do that. But then as a female, I was always protected because I was the female and it was just like this I don't know. I had these really cool groups of guys that was like, I was the girl, but it was always so understood that it wasn't anything, you know, and they knew that and I knew that, but all the other females just couldn't understand, you know, I just want to be over here in the cool conversation because they're talking about cool stuff. They're doing cool stuff. I want to do that. I don't know. Maybe that's just why we gravitate towards the people is because we gravitate towards the things and the conversations. And maybe that has a lot to do with intellect and experience and open-mindedness to try different things. I think that there's a reason why you are gravitated towards a specific person. And I think a lot of times what I'm seeing in these women's groups and social situations is that they're all, there's something going on that they all need to be Like they're there. It's okay. I'm going through it too. And my husband's a piece of shit too. And he does this and it's okay. You're, you know, like all the stuff that we talk about. And that is the commonality is that they're all complaining about something. They're not out there trying to do anything fun. They're not looking at life the way that I am. I don't know how else to really explain it. I don't have 
a reason. That's just what I know from observation. It's not just like one group of women that I've seen this from. It's most. And I'm not saying that guys don't do it too, because they do. And those, again, are those conversations where I hear this group of people talking and I'm like, eh, I don't want to hear about that. You know, that's not for me. Yeah, I don't know. And then it's like, I want to know more because I like these people. These people are cool. I want to attract more of these people in my life. So what are these people like so that I can continue to be a part of this group? And so I just started to expand my mind and learn things that I like. So you gravitate towards conversations that are about not people. Yeah. Women talk about people. A lot of people talk about people, not just women. Yeah, a but. lot of people talk about people, but women tend to only talk about people. <laughs> yeah, and I can't stand that. Which is why you don't fit into the social hierarchy the way that most women do. Which is my point. That was my point, is that I, I think that I'm caught between... Because there's there's something scary in there for me. Because the attributes that we're talking about are somebody that you can butt heads with. So the same person that you can relate to is the same person that you can butt heads with. Because we can't both be those things. So my question is, which this is just, you know... I don't know if rhetorical is the right word, but I don't expect that there's any real answer to this question. But is it better to be with somebody you relate to and then potentially could, you know, butt heads with, struggle to decide who's in the leadership role? Or is it better to be with somebody that you don't relate to, but it's very easy to let each person play their role, you know? So it's very, very feminine, nurturing, caring woman that I don't relate to at all. Not to say that that's required to be in love with somebody. I just don't necessarily see the potential for conflict as much. Um, But I've never really spent a bunch of time with super feminine women because I I don't seem to relate. I don't know. Do American men really want super feminine women? Is that really what we want? Or do we just want a boss bitch that can be a boss bitch without telling us what to do? Because I, I think that's what's going on. Yeah, but I don't... I don't think that... Like, that's a... Maybe I took it to the extreme by saying that. I mean, you, get, you get what I'm you saying. go back to the spectrum thing, like, can she be a boss bitch here but not there and she be masculine energy to just everyone else is that a thing or is the second i'm lacking just a little bit all of a sudden i get hit with this like you know that's where i struggle yet again because i am a thinker and when somebody's going through something or somebody's doing something different or sees something differently than i do I really like to try to understand why, because there's a reason and I don't see it. It doesn't mean that my way is the only way. 
I've really grown to understand that I like, I used to be a very stubborn, I'm still kind of stubborn, but like very rigid, very um, like type A about myself more than other people. But I've really stepped away from that because I've seen how damaging it can be to be so closed off, so rigid. And so now it's just like, there's so many different ways to get the same result or to come to the same conclusion. And I only know my point of view. And so when you're in a relationship, if you have similar goals, you can talk about those things. You have, hopefully in a relationship, you have some sort of relatability, like you have some sort of commonality, something that you're working towards, something that you want to build together because otherwise, like, I don't know why you're in a relationship in the first place. But... I think most women truly want to be part of the building process of the creation. No, of... I don't think most women really understand what it takes to have what they want. And I think that that is a part of the process. And I think that a lot of women need to understand that they have to be a part of that building process because the man isn't going to see you and value you the same if you just walk into something that he created without you. But don't you feel like most women are wait at the finish line and pick the winner? Yeah, but they're not going to have the relationship that they want. Oh, I agree. It's like that appreciation factor. It feels so much better. It's worth so much more when you've had to work for it. So I completely agree with what you're saying. My question is, and I'm a boy, but from what I've seen, wouldn't a woman respect the finished man more than if she was with the man at his lows? Even though it's the same man at the end, mm -hmm. wouldn't the respect be better from the woman that didn't have to be there? through his worst times and his broke moments and his tears and whatever, you know, the, I don't want to take it to the extreme and sit here and talk, you know, that's a different conversation that we talk about, about, you know, being able to be vulnerable in front of your female. But I just mean in theory, failure, if nothing else. Yeah. In theory. Yes. Realistically, women are nurturers. Women want to be the fixers, especially damaged women. We, we say that we want the finished product, but then there's nothing to manipulate. And right, yeah, oh, yeah. we can't say that, that we were a part of that process and that like we changed him. And because every woman wants to be the person I see who changes saying. the man, right? Like hmm? they say behind every good man is, is a Norwegian professional. Shut up, Siri. Plays as a defense. <laughs> you know, behind every good man is, a, you know, woman pushing him or a good woman or whatever. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But I think that women have it backwards in the way that they look at it is if they're not trying to fix him, they're trying to build him to his potential. And women can't differentiate that boundary. And so rather than encouraging him and standing beside him and helping him build, we are disrespecting him we are telling him all the things that he's shitty at we don't believe in him and we think that's going to be the thing that gets him to be that man that's successful at the finish line and then we get disappointed and we see him as nothing but a failure and then we leave him and we try to do it to the next guy 
And it's like, it doesn't work because you're never willing to just stand beside him and bleed a little bit along with him and do the shit that it takes to get there. Cause he can't do it alone, but he sure as fuck can't do it with you undermining him. And I think if we could be with him to build him versus we are so against him, we think we're helping. We're not. We end up becoming the enemy and then we we resent him. We become the victim. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a clip, man. That pretty much just encompassed the whole thing. I mean, there's been things that really bring light to the fact that just the way that you approach your man can be the difference between tearing him down and building him up. And you know, I talk all the time about everything you do is manipulation. So if you're going to go at your man the wrong way, you're going to get the wrong things back. You know, so if you're really trying to get him to become more, you got to treat him like he is more and he can be more, you know, and the women tend to want more and then <clears throat> treat as the opposite. Words. To go back to what you were saying about, is it important to be understood by your spouse? That is part of it. Because if you don't understand how your spouse looks at a problem or how your spouse is going to react to a situation, then how are you going to be the helpmate to that person if you don't recognize that this is the way that this is going to be handled and it's not at their fault? It's different. But it's really helpful to know that because then it gives you that opportunity to step in and be like, ah, I see why you're doing the, the way that you're doing it. And so is understanding knowing what's going to happen or is understanding knowing why? Understanding is recognizing that they just do and see things differently and in, in knowing why, not knowing the result, because that's. I don't think right. the other person really knows the result. I don't know. When you really understand somebody, it's like it can be predictable in a way. Um, so you, I don't know how to put this into a question because I'm trying to force an answer. But if I'm the example, in my perspective, I don't think there is many females out there that I could ever get to understand me. And it, I, I truly believe that if one of the requirements for me to be happy in a place of love, if it requires being understood, then I am horrified. Because I don't know how to put it into terms other than it has taken a lifetime to be able to manage my hardware and to try and convey to someone why I am just seems there's almost nobody that I've ever really spent time with that I feel like gets me. Like my kid is very close to me and he looks at me dead in the face and says to me, that he doesn't do the things that I do because he's not psychotic. That's the world that I live in. So while I want what you're talking about, 
I'm horrified to wonder if it's really a prerequisite because I feel like most people are pretty simple and it wouldn't be very hard to find somebody that kind of understands them, I guess. So maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's, I've got type O blood or some shit, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Type O blood's common. (laughs) (laughs) Is it AB? Yeah, it's AB. Ah, But anyway. Yeah. I'll look Um, that up. I don't think it's a prerequisite. I think it goes back to what you said about being accepted or right okay just like being okay I mean I guess not even being accepted but like that's a big ask but just being okay with who you are when they walk into your life as you are and hopefully with time that the understanding might come maybe it won't but then again it's that willingness to know that you know, we talked about this in other episodes is that you're not in a relationship with yourself. You're not in a relationship with somebody like you. And and maybe there are characteristics that are like you, but you, if you really want to go to the next level, and maybe most people don't, maybe most people are just happy settling and being content, whatever that looks like for them. And I truly believe that's the case. But people just want to be able to have the things and do the things and right and say not have much confrontation. I think most people are really content going their separate ways. I think most couples would be content sleeping in separate bedrooms. To me though, that is not my ideal. And so I guess it just comes down to what are you willing to have? What are you comfortable with? What is your level of okay? And if that means that you don't really need to understand the person, so be it. But I really think that it is a benefit, especially, especially if you're a woman that is sitting there and just picking your man apart. Do you really understand him enough? I don't even think you're allowed to do that until you really understand. And what is, what is the goal here? Like, are you trying to change who he is? Or are you trying to build something. And if you're trying to build something, then you better get your fucking feet in there too. And not just point the finger and not just discredit all the things, but really be there to support him and knowing that he's not a fucking brainiac. He's not going to know all the things, but he will surely try his damnedest and probably have a higher level of success if he knows that you actually give a fuck and care and support him. They're like trying at least a little bit to act like, good job. But if you're not doing that, then you cannot realistically expect the things that we see all the time. You cannot have a high value man walk into his life. You know, we see those reels about these, these women that are just like, yeah, I'm going to walk into this guy's life. And he just built all of this. And then for what, for her to just take it away. You know how much work he had to put in to get this life that you just want to fucking walk into. Now, if you want to have that and keep it and maintain it and really have the things, you better as fuck be a part of the building process. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. We're talking about like what women should be doing if they want a better man, a a better version of their man, as opposed to just trading them in for a new one. I just want to be like... 
really want women to wake up to the fact that there is no such thing as the perfect man. There is no such thing as Prince Charming. You're going to trade in a used car for a used car. What fucking it's car the, do you want? It's the uh, the marriage store where there's yeah, nothing on the fifth floor. Right. Yeah. No, but women cannot be that naive. You think you're going to walk away from this problem, if you right. call it that, and then step into, you have a new problem. Well, like, what are you going to, if you couldn't handle the other problem, I guess pick your hard. Like, what do you, what do you really want to deal with? But Sometimes I, I think that's like, what women are doing is they like picking what kind of drama they like more. But if you really want something to be different, and like you said, men love differently than women. And if men really hands down love their wife and don't give a shit and just want to make her happy, all she has to do is try a little bit, a, a little, little bit. bit, a little bit, and he will move mountains. So if you want this result out of this person that you're with, put in a little effort. Well, and I struggle because I feel like it's even worse than that. I feel like you don't, as a woman, you don't even need to put an effort. You don't even need to try. You just have to make an effort to not be negative, to not be detrimental. Like you could almost exist with no positive as long as you are there and existing contently and i i realize that you know that's kind of like making an effort and doing the things but you know just having restraint on the way that you speak and what you say that's the huge it, it is it is you're right it's definitely the, like make an effort to not be a bitch yeah you're right <laughs> real quick before we go ahead and and start wrapping it up there's couple things I want to say one of them is probably a whole nother conversation but one of the things I really want to touch base on is the me I like to use me as a model because I was extremely promiscuous I don't know what other word to use but when I was younger I always had another girlfriend or uh, was you know on to the next girlfriend or you know back to the old girl just in such a short few years I was all over the place dated so many different women and the reason that that's relevant is because I didn't feel any like real push until I met my spouse and it took a couple of times to even then really realize that there was something going on with that person that you know I didn't want to spread my seed anymore guys we get this thing where it's like we still have that sense of like we want to go out and sell our oats but at the same time you start to get the sense of like there's a female that if someone else was to touch you'd kill that person and that's when you start to realize that even though i have all these urges and stuff one person is starting to become more important than the whole the reason that's relevant is because I have a different perspective than most of the people in the space. Like, you know, you hear Myron say all the time about how, you know, you should be dating, date married many women or, you know, not marry many women, but even when you get older, have many women, have children with many women, 
you know, that's always been the thing with anybody of higher status is, you know, kings and I don't feel that. I get, I get that. I get that biologically we're, we're wired that way, but coming from somebody who fell in love and really was in love for a good amount of time, enough to have perspective. I think that some people, I don't, you know, cause all I can say is myself when certain men are truly in love we no longer feel the urge to stray that doesn't mean that we don't have ridiculously strong sexual urges still we just don't have the urge to stray and i've seen a lot of social psychology on this that a lot of higher value men, I'm not going to sit here and try and, you know, pin that on my back. But from my perspective, I think that having a beautiful woman that really loves you, that is there for you sexually, is going to be so much more fulfilling than the Andrew Tate said this just the other day. I was just watching the thing that he said just the other day, and it really hit it on the head where he was talking about how, look at what he's got. Look at all the money he's got, the great life. He's got different women and kids. You know, it's that's a little less known, but he's, you know, his kids are not all from the same place. And that's, that's okay as far as their perspective and the way they teach. But he said just the other day, if he could go back like 12 years and just spend all that time with one woman that he he realizes now that he would have been happier, he would be happier, and he would be further monetarily in that situation. And I think that we glorify the whole not being monogamous thing. Because when you said that, when you said that at the beginning, it really hit me hard because even now that I'm single, I still feel like i have no want to be with more than one person i want one female that i can rely on that you know is and i don't know maybe it's an age thing but from the time i was 22 or whatever the fuck until right now today i have not felt that even though in my whole youth i felt it so much like I wanted to rack every girl up that I could and not because it was cool, just because I I really like this girl. And then I'd have sex with her and it's just like, oh, well, I like this girl. And it's like, but I really felt monogamy and I really feel like it's a lot more prominent to people than we think. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's just me. Maybe everybody else biologically spends their entire life being stuck with their spouse, even though they want to fuck everybody. Like... I never looked at other females looking at titties. Wasn't even like, I don't even, I don't even know. Am I, am I alone in this? No, I didn't say that. I agreed with that. I just said, I don't know biologically if we were meant to. No, I know. I'm saying your own personal perspective and opinion. Like, 
Do you feel like when you look at happy relationships that aren't yours, do you feel like the people are thinking about having sexual experiences with other people on a regular basis? Or do you think that they have become subconsciously wired to be monogamous? Like are guys being faithful because they choose to, or they're being faithful because they want to? I think from just history of being around guys that if they didn't want to, they wouldn't. Um, so I do think that you're right. And I'm sure there is biology to support that. There are reasons why hormones fluctuate when you are in a long-term relationship or when you are connected with somebody in a certain way, because I'm sure there's a lot of factors that play into the people that are truly monogamous versus somebody that just says they're monogamous. I think there's a lot of different factors that play into that because, you know, from a personal perspective, there is no other option. And for me, it's just a no brainer because there's so many things that would have to play into me even thinking outside of that world that I live in. Like, does that make sense? It does, but it it, it almost, it almost takes away the, to, to put it in that frame almost makes it sound like it has nothing to do with what your hormones are asking for because you've already decided what the laws are. And my point is the opposite. My point is that, and again, I only have me, so all I can do is wonder, but my point is that are there people like me that in that frame, when they're in love, that they're not, they're not. And, and I, I said it wrong. Even when I said wanting, that wasn't right either. Like I didn't choose to be monogamous. I didn't want to be monogamous. I only wanted my significant other. I only wanted their attention. I only wanted their time. I only wanted their body. So it didn't matter the situation that would arise. It didn't matter the like my arousal was not sparked, not because it wasn't allowed to be, but because I truly felt a monogamous bond, which is hilarious. <laughs> but my point is just that experiencing that myself, that's, I mean, you know, that's, I guess my point more than anything is that's what I want. I would love to be with somebody who truly was monogamous to me, not because that was the rule or the law or the best situation or, you know, because you know, I think, I think a lot of women look at it like, you, you were know, the best I could get. So I guess we'll just make it work. <laughs> well, and I don't think it's always quite so negative. I think a lot of times it's positive too, where it's like, this guy is the best that I can do. And it's like, great, but I don't want you to love me because I'm the best, which I understand that with, with it's a different frame with women, you know, like that's, that is part of it. It's going to be hard to get love from a woman if you are far from the best that she can do. And so that's just something that you're going to have to deal with and, you know, become more. But once you are up there, 
and you are one of the better things that she could get. It'd be cool to have a woman that, you know, just doesn't see anybody else in her mind, you know, like a, a handsome, tall, muscular status, cufflinks, watch, walks up, nice to meet you. And, you know, he can just tell right when she looks up at him, she's somewhere else. She she belongs to someone else. Or is that just my idealistic view of of love because of movies and but no, because that's me. That's my point. That's me. Like, I know it's real. I know it's real. I had plenty of attractive women approach me and ex-girlfriends and all kinds of things the whole time I was married. And it was always just like, well, it's good to see you. You know, you, you want to bang right now? I'll back. <laughs> no, sorry. Not even interested. Doesn't even sound fun. Don't even she's gonna go home being like what's wrong with me oh yeah <laughs> no I I completely understand what you're saying and yeah like I I would hope that everybody at least once in their life could know what that feels like because that's how it should be it's not an ideal it is yeah, but do you think most boys are ever going to experience that ever? Or any of us? I mean, few women get that. I think few women get to be loved that way. So I would argue that maybe that's not even in the cards for men. Women women look at you idealistically right up until they realize you're not shit. That's how I feel how women are. But how do you... There's just like a cutoff? <laughs> Oh, well. that's that's my big worry is like the she sees you fuck up and it's like ah you know that's why it's better to just be the winner and it's like ah i'm already up here i can just stay up here in her mind you do know you girls even, do you even think that she's capable of that then to a higher caliber man because i don't think that has anything no. to do with her ability no. to be monogamous no, they that's leave Elon Musk, they thing. leave Tom Brady, they leave, you know, it don't matter. Because they have shitty things about them, too. No, I know. I'm not <laughs> like, pretending. Yeah, everybody's got some shit. But no. no, you shouldn't ever see anybody outside of the person that you're with. Like, that is your person. Right? But I, it's definitely something, like you said, that's not the norm. Right. Well, I think it needs to be both both things i think if people had a little bit of sense of what you said where it, you know how could i even think that way it's against the law it's like i think it, i think that would be a hell of a place to start if we set personal boundaries for ourselves i'm not going to no attention and validation outside of the household or at least that's not appropriate and you know it just goes from there you know, but I think that most people don't have personal boundaries for themselves. You know, a girl comes up to them and it's like, you know, fucking guys aren't getting attention at home. So some girl comes up to you at the bar, it starts giving you attention. Is that his fault? You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's when the law comes in where it's so like, you know, why isn't she playing her part? Not to say that it's justifiable because it's right. Not. No, I but, agree. But that's what I. That's what I'm saying, though, is like, that's the point of the law is so that when your spouse is slipping for whatever reason, 
there's laws in place. There's parameters and boundaries that help to mold the situation. Uh, I know. And it's so simple to us to talk about because it's like, well, you signed a piece of fucking paper that said you're not going to fuck anybody else. What the fuck? But yeah. Yeah. It's that part doesn't seem as important as it used to be. Now it's more like we got to talk about it. Like, I know you signed a piece of paper, but. The other day I had said that discipline plays a factor into relationships. And you were like, well, discipline, you know, is usually related to some sort of some form of punishment. But yeah like there should be you should be reprimanded for having those thoughts or straying or flirting or like those are the laws that are in place and you have to have that discipline because biologically you know if if men are just supposed to go and do their thing there's got to be some sort of level of discipline in there right yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, especially at first, that was my point is in the beginning parts of the relationship, a guy's mind and body is doing everything it can to get him out of there. Like, that's just like, you know, no, it's like, but I like this girl. No, you don't. It's like, <laughs> but look at all the things, but have sex with her. Like it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if women realize how much our biology fucks with us at the beginning of relationships, too, because I always hear that with girls like, you know, well, when we first got together, when we first got together, we were barely together. And, I, and, and from a guy's perspective, that's completely the opposite, because as far as we're concerned, if you're even talking to somebody else, when we start to talk to you, that's, you know, we're. Yeah. It's such a double standard because it's like we we're willing to be that woman, but we don't want to be that woman. Right. Right, exactly. How's yeah. that okay? Well, I mean, that's just like it's okay. It's okay that there's all kinds of double standards. You can you know what the funny one for me? My favorite one. You can have equality or you can have chivalry. But you can't have them both. That was the best way I've ever heard it put. Yeah, I saw that. The one of the biggest things. Right here, let's go ahead and wrap up. We've been talking about this for days and I've been really hung up on this. And I think this really punctuated it properly. I would love to be understood, but I will be perfectly content with being accepted because I am just fine not being understood but I am not even slightly okay with not being accepted. And I think that most men need to not be okay with not being accepted. You know, just put your energy into the same things. You know, when you become a dad and when you become a husband, it's time to, you know, spend less time on fantasy football and more time on raising your kids. But at the same time, You know, if you're giving up your hobbies and you're changing your whole lifestyle and you're becoming something different just because, you know, somebody doesn't like you the way you are, you are going to end up sad and alone no matter what. You are fucking stepping off your path. And at this point in my life, I realize more than anything that as much as I want all the other things, love and respect and attention and just i think being accepted would i love this it says acceptance is an active process it must be practiced i think that's what it is with our friends too 
not like hearing it out loud, at least with the boys. I, I think that because that's the whole thing, man. When when boys are together, they're boys. Men become boys when we hang out. And I think that's the whole thing is we, we don't we don't act like boys around women because we're not accepted. It's not it's not accepted. You know, how come every time you get with your friends, you act like little fucking kids? Because my friends don't judge me for acting that way. And that's who I am on the inside is a, a boy. I'm a boy. I want to fun with my friends and play and fight and you know i don't think most women accept that i think and, if most girls played more they would not be so judgy about it yeah like when they're young yeah no yeah i, I think, think as adults <clears throat> i think that uh we we just have to get so serious in life like we are not allowed to play it's unacceptable to play we have to be the one that's taking care of everybody and we always have to be so serious we have to be the ones that are corralling the kids husbands included right husbands just like the fourth kid well and that's that's how you play usually that's how you little girls play you play house you play cook you play right. doctor you play only like forms of things serious. that are and that's something that i like we talk about in our masterminds and stuff is we don't have fun anymore like when women don't have fun everything is so serious and that takes the magic out of everything and i think maybe women resent men a little bit for the fact yeah. that just let loose and have fun because i think deep down we really want to just go jump in the snowbank too yeah i think you nailed it on the head right there i think a lot of times women stifle because of jealousy and it's I and I don't think it's necessarily the lack of opportunity to have fun. I think a lot of women today aren't put in the frame to have fun. They're not taught how to have fun. They're not taught how to be comfortable with the little kid that's inside them. And I think that a lot of them, the little kid has been overly programmed to be mom. But how many times have you been in a situation or like, an outsider in a situation where you see a couple playing around, you know, like that they're having fun and we don't see that enough. No. Like, you know what that feels like if you've done it, you know, and those are some of the best memories is being in that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see that. You don't like I, I mean, out of the people that we know. Yeah. I don't know. I remember growing up with my parents, remember my dad, like running up and tickling my mom and, you know, and I always just watched and I was like, well, that looks fun. But a little kid me as I was a little kid. But um, those are the things that I remember. Those are the things that I carry in our relationship. And I want my kids to see that play can be cool. And like, you don't ever have to really outgrow that. You know the problem with you? <clears throat> which one? You had a healthy childhood. Yeah, which is, isn't that funny? Because <laughs> it's like... Somehow the shit still found me. Oh, it does. <clears throat> it does. I didn't say your whole life was healthy. I uh, I talked about that on my podcast today, actually. I was like, you know, specifically abuse. There's just stigma, but it doesn't really pick somebody. You know, like cancer. Cancer doesn't have a target. Just affects whoever it affects, you know? I'm like, I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's a hard one. 
Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying, right? I do. No, I completely agree with you. I just was arguing with my dad all day about that today. There are so many factors. Okay. I understand. He's like, the organic and the Spartan have the same ingredients. I'm like, just just shut up. I'm not getting cancer. I have already manifested that, but you just, you just don't know. It doesn't really Mm. matter. You're only a victim to your circumstance as long as you allow it to be. That's not an excuse to justify anything by any means because if you really want something really nothing's standing in your way except yourself no that's it though self-sabotage is fucking girl's best friend man yeah best friend like that's why relationships with girls when they blow them up it takes so long like when your girl starts blowing things up it's already over like it's it might take a year or five but the second stuff starts blowing up in your face it's so beyond repair but yeah roman empire spartan women tomboys attachment to other humans the way of the world the way that we are <laughs>